You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? West Dead Air Knife here with always typical Lydia. On today's show, we're going to be doing the 2014 film, Clown. Which not enough people have gotten to see, because even though it's a 2014 film, we've really only had it leak out here and there over 2015. It hasn't been released in the U.S. or Canada. Nah, we had to get a Region 2 DVD. Yeah, thank you, United Kingdom, for having this released in your shores. And Italy and Germany. It was released first in Italy. You know... Do you think that we're getting we ha, we can just get to a point where we're moving away from that regions that drives me crazy. That drives me crazy too. It's really deliriously unfair and completely outdated. We don't live in the world anymore where the like everyone's borders are like seem so far away and the world seems so big. It's like we're fucking everything's online, everything's digital. You can just give people the fucking movies and people who want physical media watch it. We'll get it. Anyways, and not only that, but, like, and if you don't want to do physical media, if, like, somehow it's, like, a region problem, I don't know, like, because I don't know the business end of it. I don't know if it costs money to get there, like, what kind of rights are there, but just fucking, then make it available. Make it streamable. Like, put it on Netflix or something. Yeah, make it streamable and not, like, region-specific because there's so much stuff. Like, Hulu is um, way more popular in the U.S., of course, because you can watch everything there. You can't watch a lot of stuff on Hulu here. I know that. I hate, hate, hate seeing a link for something and then clicking on it. I was like, you can't watch this. Why? It's all earth, man. It's all earth. It's all earth. Let me watch this stuff. I want to, I want to, I'm getting, I don't want to get ranty, but I want to support this stuff and I want to watch this stuff and, and making it harder on the people who are going to, the consumers that are going to consume your product. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. I think it was the, the first Russian zombie movie. I think that's what it was. I think it was Russian. Um, or Ser- no, it's not Serbian. I think it's Russian. Uh, Metaletsa, or however you pronounce that. Russian. <laughs> right, it's in Russian. Anyway. Gotcha. So um, it was a really fun little low-budget zombie film. And totally unheard of. Totally unwatched. It's streaming on Vimeo, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's pretty inexpensive on Vimeo. So anyone now can watch it. But it had no push. It had really no push. Yeah. Really interesting little film. Not spectacular by any means, but for zombie fans. And people are zombie fans. Don't get me wrong. There's millions and trillions and billions of zombie fans out there, obviously. Yeah. The Walking Dead is any, any indication. Keeps growing. Yeah. But then there's things like uh, Wormwood that weren't that popular. The Horde is another yep. good one. Um, yep. And both films suggested to me from Chris from Blind Torture Cast. So somebody who's actually paying attention to that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're also those sorts of people that get pissed off by this sorts of stuff. Because if people want to watch things that they're blocked from otherwise, unlike Metaletsa and Wormwood and The Horde, which are either on Netflix or they're somewhere, you can find them somewhere anywhere in the world pretty much. Yeah, you can definitely get those at HMV just up the road. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. Get those there. It's not impossible to find these things, thank God, because they've broken down these barriers that are barriers to other films, like Clown is a really fun example of this. But then there's things like um, recently the Turbo Kid 
steel book and blu-ray version was released here in canada mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous and it's awesome and of course chris was extremely fascinated with that mm-hmm. and i've been eyeballing flowers which was only such a limited release when it first came out and now there was a, a dvd release in the u.s only so i mean we can circumvent all of those things by paying through the nose for import yeah the same way that people used to have to do with metal albums way back in the day. Yeah. You pay $50 for a fucking cassette tape that was five ninety nine in the UK. Yeah. It happens. Good old durable analog. I know, right? Good old fucking 16-week shipping. Yeah. So you, we when can... When was this? <laughs> what year was this? When I was just wee. A oh wee my. little 15-year-old metal. Fan. Oh, my God. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It used to happen. It was way worse, actually. And now so people can circumvent these things. We can circumvent these things by buying these things in our home country and sending them as gifts to friends, like me and Chris have done recently, which made me extremely happy. And I guess that segues neatly into it being my birthday tomorrow, if this is airing on schedule. Yes. Happy yeah, birthday. Thank you. I was debating whether to sing happy birthday to you. No, we don't oh. need to. Oh, my God. I don't really care about my birthday. Yeah, I don't do that, like, angry goth birthday stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help myself. Yeah. No, I'm really indifferent about my birthday. It's just, it's another solar revolution. Yay. I mean, woot. We made it through all the zodiac symbols yet again. We're like a fucking, like, angry girls MySpace page. Just like, age, this many solar rotations. I'm sorry, I'm being a shit. So that's how we circumvent those things if we don't just fucking steal them, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a million ways to steal things. That's the thing. Anytime that you ever explain to anybody your frustrations with region coding or the price of a Blu-ray or DVD because you have to import it or anything about availability, the the, the, the first thing out of anybody's mouth is... Just steal it. Just, just download, download it. it. And... I almost feel like I'm speaking another language. You just when, want to slap them. When I'm just, I just try to say, I don't want to steal media. I just don't want to steal it. I'm yeah. sorry. And will that mean that I won't, uh, I'll wait? Fuck yeah, I'll wait. I'll definitely 100% wait. I've done it before. When um, in when uh, uh, Sadako 3D got released in Japan, I desperately wanted to see it because I love that franchise. But I had to wait. I had to wait uh, when they did the DVD release over there and the Blu-ray release, that was region-coded. So I was fucked. I was like, ugh. And then not only that, it was expensive as hell. Yeah. So yeah. I had to wait an additional chunk of time, like half a year or more, for it to just come out in Region 1. And, I, yeah, I picked it up at my local store. I'm waiting for, right now, a fucking release of the Corpse Party live action. Mm. Now they have to either subtitle it or dub it. Like, I don't know Something. what they're going to do because it is only in Japanese now. But I'm not going to go and watch. And I would. If, if it was available here in Canada but only in Japanese, I would still watch it because I'm that invested in that franchise. Yeah. But I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'll wait till I fucking grow old and die for <laughs> Corpse Party to come out so after that. I was like that with... Uh... A Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl, which was one of those uh, Sushi Typhoon type movies. <laughs> I watched it without subtitles and was trying to get the plot through context clues. Yeah. And if anyone's seen that movie, it's so weird that there was... 
entire scenes that I did not understand. And then when it finally got its region one release, I got it. And I watched it again. I was like, oh, that's what's happening. There's people waiting for German angst to be subtitled um, because it's not. And I had an opportunity to watch it, a screener, but it's still, it's not subtitled. So I was like, you know what? I have this, I have this semi shady opportunity to not steal it, but still I'm not entirely entitled to watching this, which I passed on because I'll wait. I'll wait like everybody else because I also didn't want to watch something, even though apparently one of the three segments is fine without subtitles. It's, 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 has no dialogue but the other two like why why would i do that why would i want to do that i'll just wait for a subtitled in english copy i'm sort of waiting and debating right now because it's not within our region um there's a set of the first three children of the corn films Mm -hmm. which is to me the only three children of the corn films the rest of them are just sort of disposable and there's all It's true. As silly as it is, I love. I love it, dude. I love it. Dude, I'm not making fun of that movie at all. I fucking would watch the shit out of the Children of the Corn. Yeah, but the first three, the trilogy, is available in the UK on Blu-ray, and it's a gorgeous set. And so I would buy that if it were available here, which it's not. So fuck my life. I'm not. All the other sets, and there's many, many different Children of the Corn box sets. They don't have the first three, and that's all that I want. They're a little more in tune with horror in the UK, it seems. Well, I've always thought that the reason why UK horror has such ravenous fans is because of things like the video nasty list and because of the censorship laws that were going crazy for a certain period of time in the country. And everybody knows that the more you tell somebody that they can't have something, the more they want it and the more passionate they'll be about keeping it. So I think that this culture of horror that's really healthy and awesome in the UK because uh, horror fans from the UK are fucking just radical man yeah. like they're really cool and they really know their shit um, not to say that other people don't but I honestly always think that it stems from that um, another really great box set that's only in the UK is the Hellraiser one that has additional scenes long deleted scenes from Hellraiser 2 uh, more in the Insane Asylum more Cenobites yeah. And I was so fucking stoked to get this. And and I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to fucking get this box set. And it's going to be so cool. And, oh, man. And it looks gorgeous. Yep. No, only in the UK. I was like, fuck, come on, man. Now, there are region-free players and there stuff like are. that. And if you pay through the nose for shipping, that's fine. You know, yeah. that's your own choice. And, and it's not it's circumventable. But we shouldn't need to circumvent these things. And so not, sh- Yeah, and not only that, but it, it, it to me... it comes down to the fact that I want more people to like this shit or more people to be exposed to this shit. Yeah. And and in order to do that, you need the largest footprint possible. Fucking just make it region free and ship it out, man. There's Maybe so I'm just... many cool like um I don't, I wouldn't know because I don't I can't just travel to countries testing this out, but something like uh pieces of talent where they were streaming it on their own site. So it wasn't distributed it might have had a back end supplied by something like Vimeo and YouTube or whatever. I have no idea. But it was distributed on their site and they got the money directly when you VOD'd it or bought mm-hmm. it from them digitally, which seemed to me the best model. And I'm pretty sure, aside from like Korea, um, the bad Korea, 
not the good Korea. Outside <laughs> of that, there's or some parts in like China. You know, maybe you can't stream it in China, but I'm pretty sure it has worldwide distribution. I've seen quite a few other sites that do offer digital streaming, mm-hmm. and it's worldwide and that's the way to go i get so frustrated with amazon prime there's a few horror sites with the new releases new vod releases and blu-ray releases where all of the vod stuff is amazon prime which we just don't get here in canada which seems like such a gem because we can pay for amazon prime if we want it yeah. to have like shipping yeah. i guess that's the only real plus to amazon prime here in canada yeah where it's ridiculous and what's the worst part about this whole situation with Clown is a lot like what was going on with American Mary back in the day. This is a Canadian film. And I and Canada was one of the last people uh, to get that, like, to, to be people able to... People were clamoring for it, too. It I wasn't know. like people weren't excited about it. The, that, like, American Mary was, was a flick that everyone was fucking talking about. It was all over the place. I was so desperate to see it. I wanted to see it so fucking bad. Yeah. And... All of a sudden, it's going through, and 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 it's like you hear about it. It's like, oh, it's in this film festival, that film festival, blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, well, I want to see this movie, but I'm not gonna drive to Toronto to get to it, or or I'm just not at these film festivals, and it's all these places in the United States. I'm like, come on, just like let me have this, and then it it gets released in Europe and Australia and the United States, and finally, like I can get one too. Yeah, and I'm just like, this is a Canadian horror film. Why are we not supporting this? Clown was fucking filmed in our backyard. Literally. And I can't, I can't even buy it. No, you, you can't. You know what I'm saying? How is this helping anything? If you go to all this trouble to shoot in Ottawa, and, and, and like the Ottawa f- uh, film industry is, is like, yeah, come on, Has shoot. supported this ha- film. And... and supported it, and I, as a Canadian citizen, cannot buy this in Region 1? Yep. And it's, it's a Canadian-American thing, and those are the two countries that it's... It's not released in. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And I don't mean... I know we've been talking about this for a bit, and we'll get to the the meat of the movie. It's just really frustrating. It is. It was super frustrating for me, because maybe this doesn't have the same sort of clout or excitement attached to it that American Mary did. And that's a way better example of us clamoring for a film that was eventually released here. Yeah. Um, Eventually. Yeah. Everyone seemed to notice the poster, and that's what you had noticed as well. That's all you had noticed up until I had seen the poster so many times because on my Twitter feed, I was seeing probably Eli Roth talking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, And we'll get into the Eli Roth connection to this. Because uh, I thought he directed it, and I then you uh, educated me on that. Yes. So I th- I saw the poster so often. I thought I saw it in the fucking store, and like and and because yeah. you, you're just like, have you ever heard of this flick clown? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen it at HMV. And you're like, you didn't see it at HMV. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sound that lordy, but yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have been my close to my reaction for sure. Yeah, but I was convinced. Like my brain just made uh, a memory just right up. I yeah. was like, yeah, I saw that movie. In, in, and I was thinking about buying it too. Like I had like a whole narrative, three three act structure to me <laughs> seeing this movie that I did not actually fucking see in the store. Only because the poster is cool looking, and yeah. you'd seen it so often, and attached probably to all of the horror news outlets mm-hmm. that are imaginable, because everyone was talking about this for yeah. sure. Um, not only because of the Eli Roth connection, but the poster itself features this really decrepit looking clown with some yeah. facial scarring. It's striking. And, striking yeah, yeah. A very, very creepy looking clown. And 
it was the poster was banned in Italy upon its release, apparently, because it was too creepy looking. So mm. they've re, they revamped the poster. So that created a lot more internet buzz, I'm sure. I don't remember specifically uh, paying attention to it any more or less because of its being banned in Italy. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of stuff I don't really pay that close attention to. But I was interested because it's a clown. And I love clown horror. And I'm always just weirded out by people who are afraid of clowns because I am just not. And it's not like I don't believe them. I'm just like my the the horrible um, the compulsion I have is to test their fear of clowns. I'll never do it. Honest clown phobic people, don't worry. I won't test your fear of clowns, but I'll want to. I know a few people who are very afraid of clowns. And you'll see people challenge them on this all the time. I know uh, one woman I follow on Facebook. Uh, we're Facebook friends. I don't follow people on Facebook. Uh, she, she would you would see her posting to people's walls, like friendship canceled or like friendship postponed until further notice. Because what they're doing is they're sending her pictures of uh, 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 Tim Curry Aww. as uh, Pennywise. Yeah. Now clown horror has a pretty deep-rooted history because of the fact that there are so many people that are clown phobic a lot of times horror creators will just throw them in there just for the creep factor yeah and usually they're like a creepy waving clown and somebody's horrified by yeah it probably the biggest example the little doll and poltergeist people always uh point to um there's the clown phobic uh clown phobias kind of go into uh God, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, because you got... Uh, Captain Spaulding. Captain Spaulding. Uh, so there's lots of examples of clown horror. I'm the same as you. They don't uh, freak me out. Now, have, have you ever been to a circus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to a circus one time as a kid, and it was pretty good times, but I saw some of the clowns close up. And a clown close up is kind of scary because you see the weathered makeup and the crow's feed and I love it. <laughs> I love it. And like I said when we were watching at the beginning of this film when he's just sort of in the clown outfit, nothing like weird has really happened and he's like kinda watching T V on the couch and his like belly sticking out and he's all lazy dad kind of thing. I'm like, all he needs is a forty a jack and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, that's the kind of clown I love. I yeah. love peeling back the layers, so to speak, and seeing the 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 makeup caught in their creases or the you know gravy stain on their little polka dot tie and all that. I think it's nah, like nasty, I think, and I love it. I I like all my clowns to be like Bozo's Super Sunday, just like fucking super put together and happy and shit. Super put together, clean, brightly lit, and at a distance. The safe clowns. The safe clowns. No, but even close up, like even close up, I wasn't scared of them, but I, I can kind of get a feeling. Or I could kind of understand. I could empathize. I'm like, yeah, I guess if you're afraid of... But I mean, you know, phobias, uh, a lot of times there's no rhyme or reason. It's just, Well, maybe there is. I'm not a psychologist. But all I'm saying is if you don't share someone's phobia, it's hard to understand what they're afraid of. It's like I'm not afraid of spiders either. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of my friends uh, from work, he is not only phobic of clowns, but spiders. So I was like, fuck, man, the end of it must have terrified you. <laughs> It's like perfect. They made it for him. They did. I know, they made right? I was like, look at that, man. Your fucking worst nightmare has been crafted for you. Yeah. Right yeah. there. And it's a book and a film, and they're going to redo it. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Poor fella. 
The poor little guy. Um, Hope he's so, never watched it. Clown, you were telling me something interesting about this flick before we get into the plot of the movie, because uh, there's a lot to talk about with the plot. But you were telling me that this movie almost wasn't even made. It started out as a trailer, right? Yeah, it's like not that it wasn't wouldn't have been made, but it could have not been made very easily. Um, it's I've, one of those stories of the little fake trailer that could, like Hoboth a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know. There's been a lot of examples over recent memory of fake trailers being made that actually get produced into films. Uh, Hobo with a Shotgun was part of the, was it part of the Grindhouse? Yeah, it was just like a fake trailer in that. Yeah, with a like machete, that became a movie franchise. Like there's two of them now. Yeah. Um, And this was, where was this uh, shown? I have no idea. And if it was just released on YouTube, that could very well be it. it. That's true. They do fake yeah. trailers on YouTube as well. Yeah. So this one, the 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 catch, like the, the hook, was that as a joke or whatever, they'd put from the master of terror, Eli Roth, on it, which <laughs> is kind of hilarious. And I would do that sort of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, I would make a, a fake book trailer and put, like... A quote from Stephen King or something because it's a funny joke, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's all that they were probably doing. Yeah, um, especially for horror fans because if anybody knows anything about Eli Roth, they know that this guy produces a lot of content. We shall say he certainly does. The guy like spit spits out movies like Stephen King spits out books. He does honestly. He really, really does, and that's the one commendable thing about Eli Roth is that he's. So showing no signs of stopping. Nah. And he's just creating films. Like he's got, what, two films in theater right now, if you count Green Inferno as being in theater. Yeah. Um, I'd say a month ago he had two films in, in theater. And yeah. Clown were around, even though he's only a producer, which I'd say only a producer in that he probably didn't do a heck of a lot. Yeah. He does have a role in this, a very small little tiny role as Frowny the Clown. Yeah. Um, it's a nice little cameo. Yeah, you'd miss it. it you'd, cool. you'd miss it if you didn't know. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't recognize him at all. I didn't recognize him the first time until I saw him in the credits, and I was like, "When the hell?" So then I watched it again. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> well, he frowns. That's for sure. He certainly <laughs> does that." Frowny the clown. Because yeah. um, I thought we were wading into to dangerous waters with our listeners because of the fact that Eli Roth is such a polarizing dude. He really there's, is. There's and and that's fucking baffling to me because if you were to ask me. Uh, hey, Wes, uh, uh, five years ago, who was the most polarizing person in horror? I would have said Rob Zombie and not even stopped. Yeah. Because there's people who love that dude's movies and love him a lot. And then there's people who are just like angry about his movies. What's I, really interesting about the Rob Zombie thing, though, is he's not really reactive to all of that. Yeah. And he doesn't put out as much content. So there's not something new for people to tear apart or yeah. sleep at night with yeah. every single Every yeah. couple months, every single season, right? But Eli Roth reacts to these things. Yeah. He definitely reacts to these things. He reacts to these things in interviews, reacts to these things on his Twitter, he reacts to these yeah. things. So people saying yay or nay about Rob Zombie doesn't really matter at the end of the day because he's going to make a movie or say he's never going to make a movie again and then make one anyway. And make, like, like, and yeah. <laughs> make more, like yeah. lots more. <laughs> and then he, But he doesn't seem to really react. Now, I don't really voraciously read interviews with these people so I, I don't really I don't follow every single Rob Zombie interview Yeah, me and I'm sure that a question has come up like what do you think about your detractors but he doesn't seem to really feed the vultures right Yeah, where Eli Roth he, 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 just does yeah uh, Rob Zombie if you ever see him in interviews he's uh, a pretty chill dude like he, chill. he doesn't seem very reactionary anyways 
Whereas Eli Roth is probably a little bit more of a hothead. Eli Roth got really famous for stuff like Cabin Fever and Hostel. Hostel, definitely Hostel was Hostel. definitely that. Yeah. Um, that and Hostel came out at the, just the right time uh, when that type of horror. I'm trying so hard not to call it like torturey horror or anything like that. But like when I like because Gore I hate porn torture I, no, horror. No, no, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it too. I hate it too. But that is exactly what was but, happening. But that, that was that was the quote unquote phenomenon that the that the mainstream media was dubbing these types of horror films. Which I I don't want to make the whole episode about it, so no. I'm not going to go any further. Yeah. But um, and and then all of a sudden Eli Roth just got really popular and the horror community embraced him and then as it happens in life they just kind of fucking half of them just boo like we don't like you man yeah and and he could do no right by them and then there's other people uh, that are just like man eli roth is awesome so when we used when i saw eli roth's clown I instantly just said, oh, man, this is going to be an interesting one. Like, <laughs> like maybe people are going to be like, you guys did a fucking Eli Roth movie. Boo. I don't know. Not that I would care. Well, we but... could do Green Inferno. We could always do that. We could do Green Inferno. You want to talk about a fucking hot potato? <laughs> yeah, it is a hot potato. It is a hot potato. <laughs> I will always. And with reason. Like, it definitely, is... I went and paid my money to go see it in the theater. And we were lucky to have it in the theater. I would have fucking love to see clown in theater i'll tell you that knock knock was playing the next week and i'm not interested in seeing knock knock but i hear it's interesting and good like it's good the way hard candy was good Mm -hmm. and i liked hard candy so maybe someday i'll like a knock knock but who knows i would have i would have done without those two films to see clown in theater i liked it that much Mm -hmm. and that's part of at the end of the day all of our bitching complaining about uh distribution all of the um you know, black and white over Eli Roth and the fact that it's a Canadian and American film and filmed here, all those really awesome things. Aside from all of those, at the end of the day, I really liked this movie. I thought it was fucking great. It's really so that's cool. what really pisses me off. Yeah. We've been talking about a lot of other things. So let's talk about the yeah, flip. Clown, a John Watts film. That's right. Uh, so yeah, John Watts, he directed it? Yeah. And wrote it. And I believe he was the guy that did the fake trailer that got Eli Roth's attention. Okay. So um, Eli Roth saw the, from Eli Roth, and he yeah. was, he's like, all right, fine. <laughs> the quote is that he thought they were pretty ballsy. Yeah. And that's cool. He wasn't attached to it produced right away, but he was eventually, which is good. You know, it's all good. Peter Stormare stars in it from Fargo. Um, interesting fact, Wes hasn't seen Fargo. Like, look, don't put me on blast on the fucking show like that. I'm just saying you should watch Fargo, man. Uh, yeah, all right. I'll I'll check it out one day. I'll rewatch Deliverance. Well, you're watching you're rewatching Deliverance because there was a plot point I didn't understand. I want you to explain it to me. Yeah. But but when uh yeah, when Fargo came out, I don't know, man. Like it just didn't. I was a kid. I, it didn't look interesting <laughs> to me. Even I, I knew what it was about. I was like, eh, all right. Murder. I think it's just cute to see you squirm while I'd be a cunt. It's my birthday. I can do these things. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, it's my birthday next week. Yeah. Just you wait. Oh, my God. But, yeah, um, John Watts, and he has a new one coming out with Kevin Bacon, uh, Uh, Cop Car. So That played at the Mayfair as well. It did? Oh, damn, I missed it. I would it. It it. it was playing in and around when they were playing uh, Turbo Kid. Oh, nice. Yeah, we we saw a trailer before Turbo Kid uh, for Cop Car. I had been seeing Green Inferno trailers for like a year 
before that actually and even on their podcast the mayfair theater podcast which is really a fun listen whether you live in the ottawa area and can ever attend the mayfair or not mm-hmm. or are a theater goer if you're a movie fan they talk yeah. lots about movies and stuff so i like that but even on their the podcast before it came in they were like someone had brought up like oh yeah and the green inferno don't know if we'll ever get that ha 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 they just like totally ambiguously didn't answer the question their mm. own question about whether they're getting it or not and then poof they did yeah i wish that they could get clown but yeah this john watts is going on to do the next spider-man film due in 2017 really yeah so he's really really moving up yeah i mean that is a big jump it's a huge jump the from clown which no one has fucking seen somebody saw it the right people saw it and they said this guy can deal with effects this guy knows how to shoot the scenes he's a good director good writer obviously yeah because at the end of the day what did you think of clown i liked it i liked it a lot so the Mm -hmm. idea behind clown is that it's a birthday party and the kid loves clowns he's seven years old and what do you expect he just loves clowns so we're introduced to a mother and you know it's a party scene and it's a it's a really nice way to open the movie it put a smile on my face i liked the the cheering through the credits every time there was a cheer and then when the title card came up there was like cheering yeah uh, uh, like that you would see at a birthday party and all these kids running around <clears throat> screaming screaming as children are wont to do it at parties when you give them too much cake and ice cream. The the, the woman's father comes in, elderly father, grandpa, and he makes a weird comment about, where's uh, where's your husband? Where is he? Is he showing up? And she says, yeah. And he's like, just checking. It's, it's very uh, passive, aggressive thing to say. Very. And you find out that, oh, the father's a real estate agent, so maybe he's not around all the time. But he seems like a good dad because his kid wants a birthday party clown and the birthday party clown canceled. Well... Fuck. Now, I guess I'm going to... So he's not disappointed. I'll be the clown. He tries to put a mop on his head. He's in a he's in a strange house that he's trying to sell, I should yeah, point out. Yeah, there's all kinds of costumes around. So it's just really a stroke of luck. That it really is. That it's house. one of those strokes of luck in a movie that I almost would fucking jump on. But There's because, two of them in this, at least, where I'm like, really? Come the fuck on. But it's like, um, I remember watching Pitch Black back in the day, and I was like, really? They crash on the planet just as this fucking eclipse is happening? <laughs> but my counter to that, in my own brain, because I talk to myself, because friends are hard to come by, um, is, well, if the eclipse didn't happen, then you don't have a fucking movie. So, exactly. And so if this guy, if you want me to believe that this guy is going to, trying to be selling a house... There's no birthday party clown. Oh, lo and behold, he's in a basement that has all kinds of costuming, including a strange old clown costume. Fine. Because if he didn't, if that if, if that wasn't going to be it, it's like, oh, the birthday party clown canceled. Oh, gee, honey, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, he'll have the clown theme, and I guess he won't have uh, a, a clown. As a, he'll be a little disappointed, but he'll get over it. Yeah, kids are resilient. Yeah, I guess they are. Credits. Like that would be <laughs> that would be your movie. So yeah, he's got to find the costume in the basement, and so it. I bumped into it for half a second, and yeah, then I was like, too. "I'm fine with this. This is fine because we need the narrative better than like a fucking twenty minute explanation about where the costume came from before he puts on the costume." You know what I'm saying? Like, because then I would have been like, "Get to the fucking," because they get to it quick. 
He's in the clown. He's he's Dumbo. Dumbo the clown. Dumbo the clown, which and, is cute, you know, and it's a vintage clown outfit too. So it's not yeah. as unbelievable in that way because he is cleaning up this older house. So yeah. he finds this like really cool vintage. Yeah, it's clown old, outfit. faded, kind of like a little Pagliacci, but not so black and white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, it's strange because after the party, the big success, everyone likes the clown. Everything's happy. He doesn't take the clown outfit off. It doesn't really seem, not that he doesn't want to, but it doesn't seem to be thinking about it. Then all of a sudden, he it's the next day. He fell asleep on the couch and, oh, crap, he's got to go to work. He doesn't yeah. really have time. He kept forgetting that he had it on. Yeah. When he it, himself in the reflection at first. He was like, whoa, I forgot that I had it on. Yeah. But yeah, falling asleep in it. He says, first thing, like, oh, man, the wig's stuck. And his wife's like, well, you shouldn't have fallen asleep in it. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And all of a sudden... He's got to take his kid to. Uh, he's got to take his kid to school. Yeah. He's got to go to work, and by the time he gets to work, it becomes obvious that not only can he not get the wig off, he can't get the nose off. The makeup seems to be staining. Yeah, staining his face. He he tries to wash it off, but it doesn't really seem to want to come off, and he cannot find a seam to get the costume off and he can't pull it off it won't cut he tries to cut it off uh with a a, A reciprocating saw yeah for crying out loud yeah sticking a like right before the reciprocating saw problem he had tried to get a um exacto blade under the cuff yeah and cut his wrist like wide open it was bleeding so much i almost to the point where I, i was like that Need stitches, dog. You oh, yeah. need to go okay. to the fucking hospital. You just cut your wrist wide open. Yeah. But no. Instead, he, he just wants fine. to get this goddamn outfit off. Yeah. And it's a great scene because I felt frustrated for him. Yeah. Because he looked so fucking frustrated trying to get that stuff off. And I almost wanted to go, at, like, pull the clown outfit off of for him. Because I was like, because in my brain, I'm like, you're not doing it right. You're just <laughs> stop fucking around and take it off. And so that was a really great scene. That was a great performance because I was feeling that emotion. Yeah. You know? And even right before he sticks that reciprocating saw down, the, just down the neck to try and cut the collar off, he's like, oh, this is a bad idea. And you bad. agree because yeah, like, oh. you just want to help and figure out a way. That it's got to come off. Yeah. It's got to come off. It's got to come off. You, sh- you have to be – you can – like things can get cut, but no, man. This And the blade breaks on that thing. Yeah. yeah. And – he can't get it off. And... He can't even get the little nose off. The red, the red nose. How many times, whether you're a clown fan or a dress-up fanatic or not, have you ever taken a clown nose? Whether it's a foam one or a plastic one with a little string or whatever. Yeah. They go on, they go off. Yeah. You know? It's that You simple. have a harder time trying to keep it on yeah. than you would trying to take it off. And even, like, spirit gum remover, man. Spirit yeah. gum. I just wanted to see a four-second scene in this film where he tried spirit gum remover, but he said he didn't use adhesive. So there's no adhesive inside this outfit. There's no adhesive in the wig. Mm-hmm. He just slipped all this stuff on the way that we would slip on any, you know, the way I put my cat ears on in the morning when I do my when I do my face. Yeah, you do put your cat ears on at weird times. Yeah, I never use adhesive, and they come off. <laughs> Imagine if they – well, I'd be okay if they didn't. I'd be fine with that. But a clown nose? Fuck that shit. I would not want to walk around with a fucking clown nose. Yeah, legit. Yeah. By the time he gets home to his wife, it's apparent to him – that he can't get it off, try as he might. And he's freaking out. He's There's definitely nothing freaking. funny, really, about this clown outfit being stuck on. They kind of they kind of sanitize that. Because there could be all kinds of funny jokes about... They, they could I'm do lots clown. of physical humor about 
him trying to get the wig off and maybe falling down. Yeah. No, he's in he's under stress, he's in duress, he's upset, and he's very vocal about it to his wife. Especially yeah. when she's like, just take it off. And he's like, God damn it, I've tried. He freaks out. He he tries. Uh his his wife is a dentist and she's got some dental tools. I don't know if that was really gonna help, but she took uh some uh, clamps of some kind and tried to pull the nose off and boy howdy hey. it, it comes off with a good chunk of his nose yeah it's kind of disgusting it's pretty gross and honestly none of them seem overly concerned about the fact that a lot of his nose just came off like he doesn't react to it the way you would expect really he doesn't react in screaming pain i mean any sort of nose trauma would probably having a broken nose or a smashed nose is incredibly painful and it's a radiating pain so having like the entire tip of your nose torn off mm-hmm. has got to be fucking worlds of painful they put on an awkward uh laugh in it because what just as that happens uh, the dog eats the nose yeah which is kind of <laughs> cute and she's like bad dog bad uh, <laughs> no it's scolding bad him. shadow um <laughs> but he's also just cut his wrist wide open so i'm starting to get the idea that maybe he has some sort of regenerative powers that he's not fully aware of because he definitely sliced his wrist wide open it's not bleeding anymore which it should have continued bleeding for at least a while but it stopped bleeding pretty quickly you you get the sense that there is definitely something up because he has already taken damage that would hospitalize a lot of people. Yeah. Now, he does go to the hospital, and then he just becomes frustrated with the doctors because they don't (laughs) understand why you can't get any of this off. No one can really understand why you can't get it off. And the face paint keeps sort of coming back. He can wash it off to a certain point, but his face is stained white, and around his mouth is stained red, and his eyes are stained, like, blue over top. And the doctor keeps saying like well what kind of makeup do you normally use and he's like it's not makeup he's like i'm not a clown yeah which is kind of funny well i i mean it is pretty funny because he's so frustrated like what can you say to somebody that doesn't sound insane if you if you tell them that you went you found a clown costume in a basement you put it on for your kid's birthday party and now you can't get it off and not only can you not get it get it off but like you feel like like you're changing. So, like, it's just crazy. And it's almost like the Santa Claus. Like, remember that Tim Allen movie where he puts on Santa Claus's coat and he just turns into Santa Claus? This is the super not funny version of that. The super not funny version. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, listeners. Instead of covering the Santa Claus. <laughs> the Santa Claus. Yeah, we get clown. We which get clown. Is, is sort of similar idea. It really is. Or the Jim Carrey's mask. Yeah. Where you yeah. can't get it off and it starts to change you somehow. Yeah. Reluctantly. Yeah. Well, he needs to figure out what the fuck is going on. And... So he does a little research, and I love this type of these moments in, in the movies. He does a little backtracking to find out who the house belonged to, because if the house had to belong to somebody, and they had that trunk locked up, so he's a realtor, so he has access to this information. It's brilliant, by the way, because if he wasn't a realtor, you would maybe bump into the fact that, like, how did he get all this information? How did he find out who owned so quickly, Yeah, it would right? take a few days and many forms yeah, and $30 but, permits. But and... by making him a realtor... He instantly has access to the information that he wants to to need, uh, that he wants to have, which is brilliant. Yeah. And that's a slick piece of writing that um, 
I picked up on when we were watching it. It really, really is. And aside from the fact that it's very, it's extremely plausible, even if you dial back to him finding the outfit, um, having cleaned houses or knowing realtors, there's all sorts of people on this planet and people like cleaners and realtors and contractors and plumbers get to see the insides of all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So not only did he, is it a really, really functional piece of writing that he even found the clown outfit in the first place that he gets to have his future library scene because of his profession. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a really, really well-written bit and he's a really well-written character. Kent is the name of gotcha. the realtor, the dad, the clown. Clown. Yeah, Kent. Uh, the house belonged to the this man Carlson. I forget his first name, um, but he's deceased, and that's the reason the house was foreclosed on, and that's the reason that it's up for sale. And he only finds that out after getting the paperwork back from his work. Mm-hmm. Now he's developed a strange cough at this point, and he actually coughs up on one of the receptionists at his work, which yeah, I thought was it's, hilarious. It's pretty grody and pretty gooey. Pretty yeah. gooey cough. There's a little bit of gooey and grody. Um, this film. I like that. He's also still trucking around in this clown outfit, trying to make himself look as normal as possible. Putting a hat on. Putting he's a hat put on, on, like, makeup, concealer. Yeah, concealer. He's trying to uh, put... He puts big sh- shades on and a big coat. He looks crazy. Like, if you were to see anybody walking around the street like that, you would cross the road and just be like, well, that person's over there, so I'm going over here. It's really interesting to show how... A realtor, a professional realtor, suit, tie, sunglasses, phone, nice car, is instantaneously brought down to the level of looking like a deranged uh, lunatic. Yeah. And the really subtle points in the movie that I fucking loved was that his image is all over the city mocking him because the smiling, normal, suited guy he was is looking at him in every fucking vacant home waiting to be sold even if he opens his wallet there's his business cards yeah yeah there's signs everywhere and then you look at him and he looks deranged and everyone should be afraid of him but everyone's not no it's kind of strange where every time he seems to see a kid they sort of recognize him for what he quote-unquote is he's a, a clown he's a clown oh hi mr clown and and the kids are just there's a lot of kids in this movie, and we'll get into that. He doesn't look like a fucking clown. He doesn't look like a clown at all. He looks like a crazy person. Yeah. It's, it's maybe a big red nose. If that's all you need, I mean, any drunk passed out in an alleyway right now could pass as a clown, I guess, because that's what he looks like. Yeah, he he definitely doesn't not look like someone that you would really want your kids around. Yeah. He looks shady as fuck. Like, there's no other way to say it. By this point, yeah, because he's wearing a hat to cover his weirdly colored hair which is dingy and multicolored and yeah. strange and he's wearing a big coat over an obvious outfit and he's got uber pale skin and faded makeup he's got a big bandage on his face now with blood like seeping, seeping through. through it yeah i like jeez you would think you would definitely think he was on something this devolution happened quite organically although really quickly too i think we're only like 20 minutes into the movie yeah. 15 20 minutes when yeah. he looks he goes from, yeah, suit and tie guy to being this, like, bum, vagrant-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Kind of scary-looking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to get worse, though. <laughs> he tracks down a man who has information for him. And he gets this by going to costume shops and finding out that there's a guy who ran the store previously. Or 
somehow was connected to the the costume or the house. I can't quite recall. Well, he was the brother. That's right, but he yeah. didn't know that at the time. Well, at least Kent didn't know that at the time. No, Kent didn't know that. And the Carlson brother didn't know that his other brother had passed away. No, apparently they become estranged and you find out later that it makes a lot of sense why they probably weren't really speaking. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening is he tracks down this guy who has a lot of information about clowns and costumes. Yeah, he sort of keeps skirting the question of how do, how do I get this off? That's Which is all he wants to know. And instead, he tells them a really interesting lore about where clowns come from. Um, do you know what? Is this made up for the movie? Or, like, is this... I hope not. I hope not either, because... Because this, would put, this puts it sort of, like, fans of things like Troll Hunter yeah. would enjoy this sort of story. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or like Krampus, Krampus or something. Rare export. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same sort of idea and origin story for the cloin. Yeah. The, uh, what they what he suggests is that clowns originate from a demon that was known in a lot of old folklore. This particular demon had pale white skin and a blistered nose from the cold because it, it it lived in the mountains. Yeah, it would entice children to its cave, sort of like Pied Piper of Hamelin in a way. Yeah, yeah. and it would eat five children, one for every winter's month. Which is kind of cool right now because we're we're suffering, quote unquote, a no snow winter so far. So yeah. I guess we only really got two months to go. It's two kids, easy to find. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, one kid for each month of winter in a land where winter lasts five months yeah because it's a very it cool really last that long here it's a very cool idea and it was a really believable lore and i don't know if there are any references to monsters or demons from back in the day that were similar to that there like, are I would... so many mountain dwelling gnomes and you know tommy knockers and who knows yeah what. tengu in japan like yeah there's all kinds of folklore so it makes a lot of sense it's it goes down easy is what i'm trying to say this very lore. easy yeah and he's got a book and everything he which does. is my favorite it's almost like he has a little necronomicon he does it's a very tattered book it's cool i love it and all of a sudden, that tea that was offered to our boy Kent's making him sleepy. Because I knew, I, I, that the, was like predictable, but only because I'm aware of how these movies usually go. Because he's like, how do I get it off? Well, <laughs> you don't. Yeah. Not really. You should just die. And he says, that the, he wakes up before he was supposed to, because he's, and you get a sense from the fuck up on the sleep, sleep juice that this guy, he just, Okay, he doesn't go around trying to knock people out with with. Yeah, this sleep. is all new to him. This is all this new, is all to, new him. to him. He's, he's just flying by the seat of his pants. He's, I also got from it that the regenerative powers of whatever it, demon that he's infused with now um, helped him ward off the poisoning. So he wakes up just about when his head is going to get cut off. Mm -hmm. And he manages to escape. He... Beats the guy, ties him up because he's not only uh, got some regenerative powers because he gets a meat cleaver in the collar. Yeah, right in the collarbone. Right in the collarbone. Right, it's sticking right in there. 
And he says ow, but he says ow the way you would say ow if someone hit you with a snowball in the cheek. Yeah, we're like, ow, fucker, uncool. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's standing there with a giant meat cleaver sticking out in blood all over. Yeah, he, and he also seems to be pretty strong. Yeah. Pretty yeah. strong. Yeah, because he can, he can pretty much tear himself out of his binds and then like just toss the guy across the room with ease. With ease. He goes back to his family, which has been worried about the fact that he can't get them. They're not really on his side anyway. For some reason, no one likes him. And I understand that you wouldn't like him if he was deranged wearing a clown suit <laughs> and with, like, a meat cleaver in his shoulder. Yeah, but, but this, is, this is now. This is now. Even like, then. Be- beforehand, like, everyone kind of seemed like they didn't like him at all. And maybe I don't need to see scenes of him being a douche, but it's funny that everyone is so willing to believe that he's instantly gone off the deep end and think that he's just being crazy. Her father hates him. Yeah, for and, no real reason. And you're right, there is only that one line that sort of sets up that relationship, that fractured relationship. And I tend to chalk it up to the grandfather thinking like, well, no man is good enough for my daughter, so I'm just going to hover and helicopter dad. There, there's, there's that. There certainly are uh, fathers out there that, are just like have this like I'm the patriarch mentality and there will be no replacement. Re- replacement. Yeah. And this is my daughter and so always my little girl, but he seems uh it seems a little bit more, like very focusedly directed at like I don't like it. he doesn't trust him, he doesn't believe in him, he doesn't even think he's going to show up to his kids party. And I was like this is a dad who literally found a garbage costume and <laughs> and performed for his child's birthday party. He was there right when he was supposed to be. And so I was like, this does not speak to me as a guy who frequently fucks off on his kids. Yeah, and the kid seems pretty happy about his dad. Yeah, they all seem no, to have like, a pretty good relationship. Yeah, no, there's there, nothing else to set up the fact that people wouldn't like him or trust him. There's indications that... There have been fights between the couple before mm-hmm. because uh, the wife knows his habits about when he's angry or upset or since their last big fight, he he goes and fucks off to one of the houses that he's selling and he just sort of chills out there and regroups. Because we're supposed to believe that that's how relationships work, right? Is big fights all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. supposed to be stress and strife and anger and fighting. That's, yeah. Yeah. So totally believable. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's, it, I was like, maybe this line is added here to show that, well, you know, their marriage, they seem like a loving couple, but also their marriage is not great. It's like, it has its problems. It still doesn't strike me as something to being not great to the point where the grandfather would have to feel that he needs to step in every opportunity that he can. Yeah. To, be a father figure in that situation, which is kind of fucked up, I think. Yeah, it's fucked up. Now, what's even more fucked up is this this scene leads to an argument uh, where he's trying to explain that he's got a guy tied up in the back seat of his car. He uh, gonna uh, got attacked by a butcher's knife. He's trying to trying to kill him. Trying to kill him, and and he's not. This is one of those things where he's panicked. And he's talking fast, but not explaining himself. This is, and also the things that he's saying sound crazy. Sound crazy, but also his wife doesn't really seem to be listening to him because he he says things and then he'll call back to them in the same conversation, and she'll be like, "Who? What? What are you?" What well, are you... there he's he's in the house. He bursts in. He's got someone tied up in his car. He's just about being killed, and he's sort of spitting. Yeah, like you said, all this stuff out and not making sense. And her first thing to say to him was, "Did you dye your hair?" 
Yeah. <laughs> because the wig is still fused with him. Yeah. And did you perm and dye your hair? <laughs> like, were you listening to any of that? No. Mm-hmm. No, she wasn't. And it's not her fault because it's all fucking crazy. Yeah. And later on, later on when uh, one of, uh, I guess, her, it's, it's her sister and her sister's husband or maybe their friends. He uh, he literally tries to just pull the wig right off of him. Uh, Kent fucking grabs his arm and breaks it like fucking uh, that scene in The Fly where like the bone is sticking right out. Yeah. And he like one hand breaks a guy's forearm. So at that point, you're like, okay, this is, he clearly has like super strength. Like yes. that is not that is not strength that uh, a person possesses where you can just peel someone's arm and like break it like it's a fucking chicken bone and the action that he made was just to really sort of just push him away yeah it wasn't he didn't grab it with two hands and crack it over his knee no he not just at all really just pushed the guy away and ended up breaking his forearm and then what is explained to kent because he thinks that the the uh library expert <laughs> guy for lack of a better term the brother the brother he believes that well, the, he explains to him that it's a costume. And and then the brother's like, that's not a costume. That's skin. This is, you have, you have put on the demon who will now take over your body. And the only way that we can get rid of it is to cut your head off. That's it. And so he obviously thinks that's insane because he thinks it's a costume. But we know that we're watching a a horror movie. So I'm like, oh, I guess this is what's happening. So that is the situation. He is slowly becoming this clown demon. Uh, Which sounds... No, it sounds funnier than it looks. Because it doesn't (laughs) fucking look funny at all. Not at all. Because you're you're thinking, imagining like fucking Bozo or like Krusty the Clown or something. That or even the myriad of clown horror and clown film i love clown horror clown house is funny looking they look like clowns they do funny clown things they'll toot a little horn to be you know creepy funny right killer clowns from outer space yeah it's it's like goofy clowns doing goofy clown things yeah (laughs) there's a an independent short here from i think chris chitteroni did it here and it was like at a film festival like four years ago, but it stuck with me so bad because instead of a zombie apocalypse, everyone turns into clowns. So yeah. As soon as you laugh at a clown, you <laughs> turn into a clown, and that's how it spreads. Best little horror short I've ever seen with clowns. It was great. Um, even Shakes a Clown, which isn't a horror film. If you're afraid of clowns, though, it sure as hell is. <laughs> yeah, and... and they None of these goofy little clown things. There's none of this... Funny, creepy at all. Nah. And as you watch, his body slowly morphs over time into something more horrific. And then you're reminding yourself, much like killer clowns from outer space, where they're like, oh, they're not clowns, they're aliens, but everything is, like, we think they're clowns, but that's just what they look like. Yeah. So he's turning into a demon that, oh, he looks kind of like an evil clown. I was like, no, he looks like... A demon, clowns look like him. Yeah, that and you, and it's, they do a good job of that, especially with um, the later transformations. Yeah, when it starts to be like, oh, okay, well, this is why clowns will paint on that smile because the way his mouth is morphing, mm-hmm. and that's why clowns will uh, laugh because he almost has like a roar to him mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like very laughter like it's like what about it's a like, pointy clown yeah. hat kind of like a singular horn yeah, coming out from the forehead yeah very very similar to a pointy clown hat yeah. 
very demonic looking too at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It also helps in a way to explain clown phobia to me. <laughs> because if that was the case, then it's like, of course you're afraid of clowns. Look what they've come from. It's fucking horrible. Well, Kent, as he drives away from his family. With, with the... Carlson still tied up in his backseat. Yeah, um, Carlson tries to escape by wrapping his bindings around him. Uh, Carl's uh, Kent's neck and as they spin out of control he eventually escapes and and the brother's uh, character is like really hurt in the crash but Kent not only he's possessed by a demon he's not really hurt even though this was a pretty nasty crash yeah um he, and he's just being choked half to death. Yeah, and he and he just walks away from the crash while that guy is left and and this guy is kind of treated like oh he's like some sort of like fucking lunatic even though it's so funny that he didn't do anything, right? Like, like the brother's character, like, gets, like, crashed in a car and eventually gets put into a hospital, like, locked up in a hospital. But, like, he didn't... I was like, this is a good guy. He has his jaw wired shut. Jaw wired shut. He was shut. fucked up yeah, he in was that crash. He was super hurt. Um, he, gets over, he gets better, though, in a way. So... I like as he's walking away from the crash, and Peter Stormare's character Carlson is on the ground, muttering "Kill yourself, kill yourself." Yeah, kill yourself. It's a, it's great. I love that delivery with the fucking fucked up jaw that he had. Yeah, it was good. It was like all, what the last what you would almost think of a, as the dying breath. I thought he was say. dead. Yeah, I, I thought this was. I all was like, could oh, think he, kill he, yourself. Yeah, and he's walking away um, from the crash. And there's other, there's people like construction workers and stuff being like, stop, stop. And like, where are you going? He sees a car full of kids and I'm all sorry. the sound dies away. Yeah. Except maybe the rumble of his stomach. Yeah. He's, he's, he's awful, awful hungry. Can't seem to get full. Yeah. Even when he was still at home, he was like scarfing. Like a birthday cake, cake down. Yeah. Like, like eating. like Handfuls just, of birthday cake. Like standing. I was like, that's the most monstrous he looked to me. Standing over, like standing up in the kitchen, just like shoveling birthday cake into his mouth. I'm just like. When he had that piece of icing on his lip, I did put my hand up in front of the screen like, for a maniac. second. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I like my clowns. Just um, really dirty, filthy, creepy weirdos. Scarfing handfuls of birthday cake at midnight. Fuck. <laughs> creepy fuck. <laughs> But yeah, so he's he lopes off he lopes off into the forest. He does. Now I will I've been corrected before by a person that plays a clown at, at birthdays and stuff. He does balloon animals, he does all sorts of oh, events cool. as a clown. Yeah, he was my old neighbor, Ken, Ken Black. Um, awesome clown. And me and a friend had had an argument one day about clowns lurking in the dark, and I'm like, you I could see being afraid of clowns, whatever, but they do not lurk in the dark. And he actually came into our Facebook conversation to let me know that, yes, yes, he lurks in the dark quite often. Okay, so I'll take it from the word of a clown. Now I want to ask him, do you scarf handfuls of birthday cake alone at midnight in your kitchen? Because that's also what creepy fucking clowns do. And this clown lopes off into the dark forest. He does. This is where I start to believe and think of this as a werewolf film. It does have elements of a werewolf film. A man possessed by a terrible curse that is a good person, but being forced to do things by st stuff beyond his control. And the there's the sort of like almost safety net in a way, um, because he does some more reading in the book and figures out that, yeah, decapitation can cure me. Also, eating five children can cure me yeah. for a 
fit? I don't know. They're not clear at first as to like, does the suit just come off? Is he free till next winter? Or like what? But that's the same sort of problem you face as a werewolf where it's like, well, I could kill myself because I'm a werewolf and that's not good. Or I can just sort of cope and only deal with this every full moon. Yeah. And it's going to be okay for, you know, 28 days of the year. Yeah. Or a month. uh, Yeah. And I'll just chain myself up in the basement or something. Yeah. Well, he comes across some kids camping or something. Yeah, like some scouts. Some scouts. Uh, One of the kids wanders off into the woods and approaches a strange man hunched over in the woods staring at him. He's like hungry and this kid has like something in his pocket. Well, the kid gets his hand bit, his finger bit off mm-hmm. and runs away screaming. And that is the first time that we see violence on a child in the flick. Mm-hmm. This movie does not shy away from killing kids. They do it. And I could see how a more mainstream horror flick... Because oftentimes children are put in danger for the sake of horror and for the sake of entertainment. Because that, if you're a parent watching it, you can get affected by that because you're like, the children. And, <laughs> and for a lot of people, it's, it's, a, na- it's a natural yeah. reaction. Because when you think about children, you don't th- you think of people, uh, there's, there's no more vulnerable a time in your life than when you're a child. Like You rely on people to protect you, basically. And if there's a thing that specifically wants to hurt you and only you and doesn't even want to hurt the adults. And by the way, adults can't really help you because adults can't fight demons a lot of the time in these situations. So it's scary for a kid to watch it. And also for a parent, it can affect them because they want to. They get that instinct to want to. There's per- a lot of people that are still affected by Gage's death in Pet Cemetery, whether I, the book I, or the film. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great example. I could see how a lesser horror film might have, and I don't mean lesser in a shitty way, but maybe a horror film playing it safer would really feel the urge to, okay, we're going to put the children in danger. We are going to imply or or, or, or either flat out say or imply that this is what is going to happen and the children need to get eaten, but... How about we have the the clown chasing the kid for the entire movie, and then just when he's about to actually kill him, we'll save him, and then so we'll put the kid in danger, so yeah. you get so you get that tension, but we won't actually kill kids. Yeah, because you can't just kill kids. You can't just right? kill kids, no. especially not kill kids and like show any sort of gory, any sort of aftermath. Like, what, what if you're gonna kill a kid? Then maybe you should show the clown chasing the kid, and then cut away. And then show the clown, like, burping and rubbing his belly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and something safe. Something safe. And, look, there's there's films that take that approach and it doesn't bother me. Like, I've never really noticed it. I'm just like, yeah, of course, this is exactly how they're going to do it. This movie, on the other hand, decides to let you know that, oh, no, we're going to kill kids. But uh, you had said while we were going, because I made this comment, that it was as tastefully done as possible. And I agree, it is tastefully done. Um, I thought that we were still in the camp of, okay, the first kid, he bit his finger. That's a flesh wound. The kid got away, he didn't die. It's fucked up, but the kid's okay. All right, second death. The kid died by accident. 
and then his corpse got eaten. All right. Fuck, <laughs> fucked up. Totally but he, fucked up. He didn't kill the kid. The kid died. He didn't mean to kill the he kid. Didn't, yeah, no, he, not yeah, at all. He didn't mean to kill the kid. He actually at all. told the kid to go away because this was a really buggy, weird little kid. Yeah, and but then by the time we're on the third kid, oh no, he straight up killed that kid. But oh wait, that kid was kind of a dick. Yeah. So so he was a bully. He was and a, he bullied his son. Yeah, he was a bully his son. So I was like, okay, I see what we're doing here. We're kind of like, eh, we're teetering. It's it's precarious, but no, by the end of the flick, it's just... They almost do, like, and, and kind of interestingly, they have, they don't really show much of the kid's actual death. No, they... They show copious amounts of aftermath. Copious amounts of the gore. The first kid's death, you, you, you basically do see the kid die, but... You don't mm-hmm. see his face. Nah, dropping away from the camera. Yeah. He he had a buzzsaw go through his chest. Uh, yeah. I will explain. You get to see the wound from behind. Yeah, Kent was looking to uh, off himself. In the most unbelievably creative way. Well, I mean, it was a little jigsaw like, I want to play a game with my son. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like... It was kind of cool because if you're looking for those few tiny bits of clown comedy yeah by this point he's sh- he's shown us that his feet have morphed his sort of like huge werewolf feet he does right? have huge werewolf feet big yeah. floppy clown feet um he's, he's trying to tip himself back in a chair where he's rigged up two circular saws uh facing one another so that there would be a v created so that if he falls back just so it'll decapitate him or yeah. it should now you could ask yourself why wouldn't he just blow his head off with a gun well he tried and should we point out that he's got, like, multicolored, like, fucking rainbow blood? Fun blood! But he's got super fun blood. I think that if we looked close when he first spits up on his coworker when he coughs and horks on her by accident, it's probably multicolored, too, but not quite as much. When he blows his brains out, though, it does paint the wall. With, like, a, well, yeah, with a splatter of multicolored paint. <laughs> and, and then he is staggered, but he's not dead. And then he's fine. So he realizes that what this guy was telling him was true. You have to cut your head off. And although he's okay with putting a gun in his mouth and pulling the trigger, he's super squirrely about, I guess it's a more brutal way to kill yourself. Super brutal way. And what if it doesn't work? What if he just maims himself? That's going to suck. I know. I was like, you need a stunt guy in there to like fucking try it out. But as the door opens... He fucks up. There's this kid that won't leave him the fuck alone. It's just like, hey, Mr. Clown. Hey, Mr. Clown, you hungry? You want some cereal? Want some cereal? And he just starts laundry listing all this food he has. And it's just making the the uh, Kent hungry. Like, he knows what he wants to eat. He wants to eat that little boy. Yeah. Um. Well, what ends up happening is the kid opens the door at the worst possible time. Him, just, just as he's about to tip over. And the fucking circular blade just goes crazy. And then... Goes right through the kid. And then, well, he he almost like sheepishly like wh- just kind of closes the door. <laughs> he's like, uh, guess I'll have to eat this kid now. <laughs> Somebody ordered in. Uh, and he does eat the kid. And really a thorough job of it, too, because his wife comes just at that moment because she knows, like we said previously about the fight, that this is what he does. He has a habit of going to his places of where he, he has a habit of going to where he's trying to sell a house and then hiding in that place when he's having a fight. Well, this is kind of like a fight, if you want to look at it that way. So he's definitely there. She looks all over the city, eventually tracks him down to this one place. 
and they have a, a kind of heart-to-heart through the door while he's hovering over bones that have been picked clean. Which is so cute because she's telling him that she's pregnant. He's, and I love you and everything's okay. And and we, and we he's like, take me home. And so he goes home. And then Leaving she, out the part that he just ate a kid. Yeah. Uh, so she brings him home and chains him up into the basement. Because at this point, she obviously... I don't know if she believes him. She's read the book. At he, this point, she's read the book. And... She just thinks there's got to be a way to fix this. There's got to be a way to get that suit off. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little more rational. It is very rational, but yeah. she chains him up. And then uh, goes off to find this guy, the, this the brother, who's not dead. He's just very hurt. And, and luckily, her being a, a dental assistant or whatever, um, she would probably have an in at the hospitals, too. So mm-hmm. it's pretty easy for her to find him. Yeah. Again, uh, real slick writing. These people have access to things that they need to because of their job. It's not just, oh, I'm a random person and I'm just going to go to like the Hall of Records. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm just going to walk to the nearest hospital and poof, there he is. Yeah, poof, there he is. And people will be willing to like tell a non-family member about a person who's being held in the hospital. Yeah, so it is It is really cool writing that way and fully believable. Yeah, it's believable. You don't jump at it at all. Mm-hmm. She finds out that there is another way because this person, she found a photo of him and he was wearing the suit years ago. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a way to take that costume off. So grilling him and grilling him and grilling him. Finally, she's like, how did you get it off? Yeah, it's a great scene, a really great scene because he can't speak. And I thought this was such a great addition. And it's not necessary. When you're writing scenes like this, it's not entirely necessary to say he can't speak so he has to write everything. But it's just such an interesting little fucking flavor to put into the scene for no reason other than it's compelling. And you can have an actor do a really cool physical performance writing things down, her reacting angrily, him silently reacting angrily, tapping on the page. Where is he? Yep. Like, it, like his body language, his eyes, all of that. Yeah. It's the lighting in that scene is is really nicely done too because it helps if you don't like hospitals, it's sort of like another layer of things that would make people uncomfortable. Yeah. It's yeah, scary, creepy night hospital, right? It's, it, it, this is really good flick. Um, Peter having Peter Stromera cast as Carlson too really works well because yeah. anyone um, that has seen Fargo and I'm trying to think of other stuff that he's been in because I do enjoy him as an actor. There's something else that's, that's striking me where he's not entirely typecast as these villains, but he doesn't have a, a lot of really active speaking roles. This one is a really active speaking role, mm-hmm. but he does have this moment where he sort of regresses into his almost entirely mute character in Fargo. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've seen him do a lot with no dialogue before. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is just another really cool facet of him as an actor. I really, Mm -hmm. really, really enjoyed him in this Yeah, he's really believable. At no point does he seem, like, arch to me. At no point does he... Like, you know, you know sometimes when they find, like, these eccentric people that have, like, newspaper clippings posted (laughs) all over their walls and it's just like... What you're dealing with is, like, it's like you, you are very, uh, you get this urge to play it big, is what I'm trying to say. And sometimes that works great. Um, this is a very muted performance, 
at the same time manic because he is absolutely sure that there is only one way to do this. But it's not that there's not another way. It's that the other way is worse than death in his mind. The other way is that if you feed this demon its five children that it wants, apparently the costume will come off. So that's how his brother saved him. And we're told in a scene that he just woke up because, uh, oh, because uh, the uh, Kent's wife, she goes to the, to the basement. She goes to the house in which the costume was originally found. And I really dug this scene. Yeah. Because she finds that there was like an old 80s video camera camcorder and a chair put bolted to the floor with restraints. Yeah. And, and so you see, and it's like, what the fuck happened here? And you, and she looks and sure enough. She has her eight millimeter moment. She has her eight millimeter. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I like this. Yeah. Um, cause I love that type of shit. Like when I like that it doesn't stick itself into the realm of found footage for that moment too. We, we, we get to believe what's on that tape mostly from her reaction of her. Watching That's true. It. Rewinding it and fast forwarding it. And she finds that the clown demon, and this is the first time that we get to see it fully realized. I mean, uh, Kent through this movie, it's a, we, he really only becomes the full creature within the last, there's like maybe 20 minutes left in the movie. He's fully that guy. Yeah, and we get to see some um, action scenes of him. So it's yeah. not like he's parked in front of the the camera. Yeah, so, um, but we get to at least see what this what the Kent's transformation yeah, yeah. would look like. Uh, and it's pretty deranged looking. Very deranged and very violent because she knows just from what background she's done so far that this is the one brother tied to the chair and the other brother is, is the one filming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's lashing out at that human being like an, like a caged animal. Yeah. Yet another point where I'm thinking, this is just like a werewolf movie, because that's totally what you would do if your brother turned into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. It's time to turn videotape him. This method of, of getting rid of the creature, having the costume come off, the, the brother is, is insistent. Is you don't, he won't want to live with that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so he says he'll help her. But even in, in that, I was like, oh, he's he help him. He's going like, to help her decapitate him. Yeah, like yeah. that that is always his end goal. He's when not... she promises that she'll she'll find her husband, she'll bring him back, I'm like, yeah, but did you promise you won't decapitate him? Because yeah. pretty sure that's all he wants to do. They bring him back to the house, or uh, she brings him back to the house. Well, what, we, what she doesn't know is that he's no longer chained there because... You can't trust him. And in a very uh, Pennywise and It scene <laughs> where his son comes home from school. Yeah, Jack, little jerk. He gets bullied and he runs away from school even though he's not supposed to leave. Yeah. It's a typical uh, middle school where nowadays you have to be cleared by the office to pick up a child. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't just go to a school and pick up a kid. And, man, the idea that this kid just leaves school grounds like, and it's just like, bye. This movie has like a bad habit, in my opinion, of uh, characters not following simple directions. Oh yeah, and, and and that type of stuff kind of drives me crazy. And we'll get to the thing that made me the most annoyed, because I was like a kid not listening to its mom's instructions when he's like scared or wants to believe that his dad's a good person. All right, I, I'll buy that. Anyway, uh, but but what happens later, I don't 
I'm like, fuck, come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so she, he, he, he convinces his kid to unlock him. And that's when he goes on the rampage. And that's when she is brought face to face with the corpse of a child, the bully kid. Yeah. The, the, the which, kid that bullied his son who's in his bully house playing his bully video games. It's, it's a cutaway for the death, but I think I like the lead up to the death where the bully kid has spilt some like red juice on the carpet. Yeah. And he goes to investigate a noise and sees the doors open, tells his friends over his headset because he's playing video games. He's playing like friends. Call of Duty or something. And, yeah. And, and being like a, a very vicious Call of Duty player, like he's calling people names and, and bitch and fag and, like, he's saying all nasty shit like that. And like, stuff that you hear from, like, gamers all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's a, he's a future men's right activist, Gamergate fucking <laughs> Right? That's, That's exactly awesome. what this fucking kid is. Yeah, I could get, and then she's like, hold on, there's someone here. Goes to the table, pool table, picks up nunchucks. Yeah, because he's got those. Yeah. Of course he's got those. You pointed out the picture of him on the wall, just on like a friggin' tank top, just like... And he's scowling. Looking like... like uh, <laughs> his parents must be super fucking proud. <laughs> the future fucking criminal. I know, right? Future wife beater. What a disgusting human being. But yeah, yeah, I know. Like a little human being. And so maybe that's why you don't feel so shitty about him getting... Oh, not shitty at all. I feel pretty good about it, actually. And then the clown does make his entrance. Yeah, he still looks... He still basically just looks like... Well, he looks most like a hobo. <laughs> he looks like a hobo, but he does. He still looks like a person. And so he's confused because he knows who that is. Yeah. Mr. McKay, is that their last name? Is it McKay? Maybe. And then he thinks, like he's wondering if like, oh, why are you here? And and uh, he thinks that he's in trouble because he he's going to like, he was bullying his kid at school. And at the same time, his friends over the headset broadcast loudly through the television speakers are like, yeah, he's... Probably all pissed off because we, we put, tried to glue. Fucking... Yeah, we put glue. We we're gonna put glue in his hair, and he called his dad a fag, and it was awesome. Yeah, was like, shut and up, guys. Anyway. He's stepping backwards, stepping backward, and he steps into the white carpet where he spilt his red juice and red, almost blood-colored liquid soaks up his sock, and it's like you already knew the kid was gonna get it. And yeah, an idea the kid was going to get it pretty bad because we've already seen this ramp up of the gore. The last kid looked like the leavings from a fucking pulled pork and rib fest. Like, mm-hmm. And again, they show a pretty, uh, like, they cut away and then they show a big splatter of gore. But then they return to that body later and he didn't finish all, he didn't eat it all this no, time. No, he didn't eat it all this time. I, I was like, you didn't even finish your kid, clown. <laughs> Come on now. No dessert until you finish your boy. How hungry can you be? Yeah, I know. The first one maybe because he hadn't, it was his first kid that he was eating. So he's like, I'm super hungry for kid. Yeah. This is a He's been super hungry for a while. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he ate every single bit of that kid except for like a jawbone. And yeah, a jawbones, a couple of ribs and stuff like that. It was crazy. This one he left quite a bit. Quite a and bit. And it reminded me the first time my cat killed a mouse, he ate the whole thing Except the paws and the tail. And I thought that was weird because I thought, what did he do with the skull? Did he just crunch it down? And he must have because there was nothing but a blood stain and... Nunchucks and... (laughs) (laughs) Nunchucks and a sock. And a sock. Yeah, there's a tail and some fucking paws. And the next time my cat ate a mouse, he left the tail and the paws and the head. So it's sort of the same thing with this. I guess the clown is like figuring out what parts it likes, what parts are hard to get through. It's not as... Like, it's not suffering from as much of a bloodlust. Like, my cat was about a first mouse kill where it ate the whole fucking thing. Um, now the clown's leaving a really nicely eviscerated corpse. 
it's basically opened it up like a travel cereal box. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm true. like smiling way too big. <laughs> yeah, um, and it looks nice on the white carpet. Yeah, yeah, it's blood everywhere. It's, it's a super bloody mess. Too. His wife finds that. Yeah. Yeah. Little did she know, she only narrowly escaped finding the exact same sort of scene when she found him at the Motor Lodge or mm-hmm. wherever that weird hotel place, which you pointed out is... Uh, in Carlton Place, yeah. yeah. That's where that was. I knew I recognized it. I A lot of this film was filmed in and around uh, Ottawa and the Carlton Place area, and I did recognize a couple of places. I recognized the school yeah, as well. Yeah, which is kind of cool. That is I haven't really lived cool. here long enough to recognize stuff, and I don't go to places like Fun Haven. Where we're pretty sure parts of this was filmed. Well, or like the, the, the it rock was like and bowl. Rock and bowl. It was like some kind of a Chuck E. Cheese or something. Like, it's funny because uh, that's the next big scene, and it's most action packed scene. Well, no, it's not. It, I, I was like, it's a very action packed scene. There's lots of kids around, and then that's where like the clown first uh, is his most demonic. And there's a really great uh, chase scene where the kids are going through the little. Uh, the tubes. Hab trail? The hab trail. Yeah. I don't know what it's actually one called. Of, one like, of the tube slides and stuff. A kid yeah. vanishes, like in the ball pit. He just kind of gets like sucked under and you don't see it. Um, and then another kid is looking for his brother and he goes crawling through the tubes, like it, that's in, that slides into the ball pit, looking for his kid. And it's just like a fucking scene out of Alien. Yeah. Right? I, I feel like, I feel like there should be someone on the monitor just like beep, beep. <laughs> you could probably cut in scenes from each one of these. Oh, so hilarious! Yeah, be really I, I would watch that. Somebody, somebody who has all the time to kill and make stupid fucking crap for YouTube, go do that so I can watch it. <laughs> I know, and just like share it to my friends. I'm like, look, guys, um, there's a really cool scene. There's a little girl already in there, and she says, "Don't go up there," in a really haunting voice. It stuck with me. It was cool. And yeah, then I think he, probably because she heard whatever the hell was going on. And then he find he he finds he finds his brother, and his brother gets dragged away almost immediately. And then uh, he runs to him or crawls to him and says tells this get away from my brother or get away from him. And then well he saved his brother, but unfortunately he will not be spared. And you see like like. Uh, like his the lower part of his body just get like tossed yeah and then and then the kids are playing in the ball pit and like this an entire stream of blood comes down with an arm floating in yeah, it because legs and arms wouldn't be the meatiest part of a kid i guess not but yeah, like judging from the last kid he ate he just ate like all the guts out yeah so yeah i guess that's what he's after the sweet meats so he's yeah tossed the legs across one end of this weird junction in the tube city that he's in and yeah down the slide all that but i didn't know there wasn't that much blood in a kid though i don't know look like a lot of blood uh, for one little kid eight pints i don't know i have no idea but anyways they have uh... so he's exsanguinated this kid right yeah and dumped a bucket of blood down the thing so pandemonium hits and it's already a pandemoniumous place that i is like my absolute hell and it's got kids screaming and running already, and there's sirens and rock music and all kinds of insanity going on and bright colors everywhere. So them screaming and freaking out, mm-hmm. I almost didn't think anyone would notice. Well, they certainly did. And uh, they arrived just in the nick of time to see everyone run out. Yeah, there's a mother saying, did you find your kid? There's a crazy guy dressed as a clown in the ball pit or whatever. 
So she's like, yeah, that's where I need to be. Yeah. Which constitutes as the first real stretch. Like, it is a stretch in a way that he found the clown outfit in the first place, sort of. Mm -hmm. But not really. It's believable. But this one, I'm like... Carlson's character said, where would a clown go at 11 o'clock on a Thursday night where it wouldn't be noticed? And she's like, Chuck E. Cheese. Where I thought, okay, he could actually just be loping around in the forest because that's he likes to do that too. Yeah. And honestly, he's it, it, there's no real indication that he's trying not to get noticed. His primary concern seems to be eating children. Yeah. Which are everywhere yeah. in this movie. Yeah. So... But, I mean, I'll chop it up to, let's say, they don't say specifically where they are in this world. So let's just say that uh, in this neighborhood or area in which they live, the only place even remotely like this is this Chuck E. Cheese and that's it. So, yeah, all the kids are locked up, snug in their beds at home or at the Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. It's the only fucking possible <laughs> place you will ever find children. Yeah, well... It seems, it's like seven o'clock at night. It's not that late at night. It's true. Yeah. But anyway. it is it is nighttime. Now she encounters the demon and again uh uh the the brother, he's helping. He just storms in there like I'm gonna like hit this kid with an axe and that's gonna be the end of it. Yeah. He still wants to decapitate him. He does, because, you know, he's got his, he's got he's got his head on straight. Sort of. He's also got issues because he's gone through this. Although he beat it, so, I mean... But also, he had to kill five children. He has to live with the knowledge of killing five children. Bummer. Well, I mean, for some people, I guess that bothers them. Oh. (laughs) I don't know. When it comes down to, like, decapitate yourself or get decapitated or eat five children and maybe not remember it because he doesn't seem to remember any of this. And I don't think it was like his brother's doing they didn't remember it. I think that... He either blocked it out or that's what happens when the demon suit comes off. You forget everything up until the time it started fusing to you. And they were terminally ill children. Thank you. What are you thanking me for? <laughs> for pointing that out and making me sound a little less heartless. Uh, yeah. I don't believe you. I think I, th- I think you'd take the noble route. Let I would. Cut it off. Cut my head off. Sure. Okay. But anyways. um, It's yet another argument between them. Whether they're going to decapitate him or not whether they're going to feed him children or not. Mm-hmm. The clown actually speaks to the wife in both voices, the voice of her husband, Yeah. in that sneaky, mean, demon way. That they yeah, do. where they're just like, help me, I'm so your husband. Oh, <laughs> I remember everything. Don't, don't, uh, come on, head off. And then the demon takes over, mocks her, and says, all he needs is one more child. And she doesn't want it. She doesn't, she's like very hesitant, obviously, because we're talking about killing a child and her prov- like feeding him a child. And then he says, oh, well, then I'll just, uh, oh, what's your kid's name? Jack. Yeah. I'll just go get him then. And, and then that makes her make the decision that if I don't provide a child... For this demon, he's going to kill my child. And so that's a heavy fucking choice. To it's make. super heavy because she only just started believing that this was true. Yeah. Now there's no denying it. No, not at all. And someone is about to decapitate her husband unless she incapacitates Carlson. That's all he's, that's what he wants to do. So she has to figure out what she's going to do soon. She really, really does. So she walks outside of the Chuck E. Cheese. And there's children everywhere. Everywhere. It's a world of choice. It's a world of choice. What do you want? Big ones, little ones. Plenty of fish in this parking lot. 
they're just milling around because a lot of them were there at birthday parties without their parents. Yeah, I and know. And now can't find them or... <laughs> well, she goes towards a child and he's got, oh, his mom's there and shit. And then you almost feel like she's like, I can't do this. I gotta, I, I can't, I can't do it. And then so she goes into her car and she's about to drive away. And then here comes a, a young girl who recognizes her? You were like a chicken walked up to the chopping block, laid yeah. its little neck down, and said, "Got an axe?" Got an axe? It, oh my god! It was it was like you couldn't have made this any more ridiculous to me than if she just said like, "Oh, I'm cold. I'm just gonna go curl up in this clown mouth unless you tell me no." Yeah, <laughs> it's like having a little pig knock on your door, come inside, eviscerate itself, bleed itself out tuck itself into a nice bed of apples and sausage and ask for you to put it in the oven where it's nice and warm and cozy. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I was like, wow. But anyway, this girl is, she was at a birthday party of one of the boys that were there. And she doesn't know anybody. Everyone's gone. Everyone's freaking out. And she's terrified. And could you drive me home? Yeah, now, she recognizes her from the dentist's office. So yeah, she knows that it, she's an adult's face that she recognizes and can trust. Yeah, so it's 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 like a... And it's it's it seems like a, a they had a vague rapport like they would joke around with each other. Yeah. She I mean she is she works at a dentist's office and she is uh, an assistant there so, you know. Yeah. She, it, it would uh, it, it it was plausible especially if a, if a little girl was scared and like you said that's an adult she recognizes. I still know some of the dental assistants from the dentist's office when I was a kid. I definitely know mine. I, yeah. I could recognize them if I saw them. Yeah. Especially if you're stranded outside a Chuck E. Cheese at like ten years old. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a, a trusted adult's face. <clears throat> and luckily sure. she doesn't really know where she lives. Like she doesn't No, the city seems big enough that she knows her street, but she doesn't know her way there. Yeah, she's like, I don't know how to get there. And so and and secondly, she's also kinda of tired. And so <laughs> she just kinda of falls asleep and it gets driven out into the middle of the woods. Their spot, their special spot that uh I guess she and Kent had. Yeah, yeah. Of course, any couple has a special spot, I suppose. So when he says, I'll meet you at our special spot, babe, in yeah. that mean demonic I like it. I, 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 I liked, liked it, too. I, I liked the, the choice of, of using that familiarity in the de- demon's voice. Throw it right in her face, too. Yeah. I thought it was good, too. But it also just adds to her whole, like, should I or shouldn't I? Even up until the point that she gets there. Yeah. She's still torn, like... Okay, so the chicken walked up and laid its head on the chopping block and asked if I had an axe. And I have one in my hand. And we'll just stand here for a half hour while I debate the morality about all this. She is... She leaves the girl outside and locks the car door. The the the, the girl obviously has, has been tra- traumatized enough tonight. And then she instantly senses that something is wrong she doesn't live here She's yeah in the this woods. is my house yeah. yeah and so she wants her to be let in please open the door she's starting to scream because she hears something uh and then in the last second the choice is made to open the car door and let her back in now also i guess when you're like why like at her at this point you're like why did she drive me out here into the middle of the woods and and you wanted to open the door to let her back in, but then when she does, you're like, wait, do I want to be in the car with this person? Yeah. Because what's happening? They Where's don't she going to drive me now? And, and also, the clown didn't necessarily show up. 
That's true. So well, now you're like, was this all just a clever ruse? Yeah, to distract her. Now, what ends up happening is a police officer who was helping her earlier in the fl- the film. We didn't mention it. It's a very small scene. But basically, when her husband initially goes missing, he asks her... He, she does the he does the police stuff. He's a detective. Yeah, and, and, and he was he, the first cop on the scene at the rampage at the Chuck E. Cheese. So he saw her. Yeah, there. he saw her drive away. And again, like this is a good example of using shots in your movie that pay off later. Mm-hmm. It's good to have these scenes because I even laughed at like, why is this? What's this random bullying scene? I laughed out the loud. The very at first it. random bully <laughs> scene, and I was just like, wait for it. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I see. This paid off. Oh, uh, why Why are they cutting to this? Why is this important? Oh, I see. They're... Unlike the film that we just did. Yeah, where there was, some, there was some loose threads that never got tied up. This ties up everything. And yeah. this is a strong script. And you can tell. It's just so nice to see a script with... Uh, if there's plot holes that I I didn't notice any of them. Really subtle setups and payoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is all you want. You just like, oh, you shot something. I'm fine without payoffs. I I'm fine without those sorts. I like ambiguous filmmaking. I like messy filmmaking too. I I'm fine with that. But this is a very satisfying film that way. Yeah, I just like I've always been in the mentality: if you shot something. Use, uh, yeah. use it please like do something with it otherwise leave it you out show the dog mention the dog you mention the dog show the dog yeah yeah you see the dog eat the nose oh man you better decapitate the dog yeah because what we find out later spoiler i didn't even know that like I, I was like why is the dog acting like that like i was so confused and i was like oh he I, and i thought that whole scene i was like he looks a little cgi i was like why What's with the dog? And I was so confused because I was like, "Oh, is he mad because the clown guy is in the is in the house?" Yeah, because because the dogs reacted to the clown sort of like a cat would react to a vampire. Yeah, right? he doesn't like it, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, I get it. It's like an evil presence." Yeah, the clown and, and, must be behind them. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh," and then fucking uh, the guy shows up and cuts the dog's head off, and you see all the multicolored like ice cream blood, foam blood, foam blood come out of it, and I was like, "Oh, why'd that happen?" Why is the dog turning into a clown monster? I'm like, oh, because he ate the fucking nose. Yeah. That's why. I guess that's all it takes. I guess so. So. Which is at the, like, you know, I'm going to be in that asshole that jumps right to the end where not only is it infectious, it's fucking infectious. Yeah. And that's the Carlson, um, Peter Stormare's character, his biggest fear is that this will never end. And that's mm-hmm. the reason why his brother and him didn't really talk, because his brother was holed up in his house, guarding over the wig, the outfit, the nose. I, I don't know if the makeup has absolutely anything to do with it, but all of the stuff came as a kit. The nose was definitely very important, so it's infectious. That's a really interesting angle mm-hmm. to this that you know, you could explore in some sort of sequel. But anyway, so the dog gets decapitated, which may make some people a little upset, because there is those... Yeah. that camp of horror people who believe that you absolutely do not need to kill a dog for any reason even if you think it has anything to do with the plot well this i feel like this is important because it it it, it's a a perfect it expands the lore because it it proves it's infectious you don't have to put on the costume yeah it gets my wheels turning i really enjoyed the whole dog angle yeah it's cool yeah um so we think that her kid Jack is safe with her grandfather, but he's not. Because for some fucking reason, the grandfather 
doesn't listen to his own daughter who's pleading with him not to go back to their house and not under and and I can't give you any details trust me leave you guys are safe there or leave your house and get moving that's what she wants yeah like don't be at your house don't be at my house just take Jack and go somewhere somewhere anywhere just dr- fucking drive yeah don't you don't have to do anything and where do we see this asshole fucking pulling into her house yeah I was like dumbass she literally told There's you a blood in the jawbone on the garage that was the thing he fucking opens the garage like he fucking sees it yeah a kid not following directions fine it's a dumb shitty kid but like an adult your 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 father he won't follow your directions your you he knows something is wrong with your husband he doesn't like your husband and you just saw your husband snap some guy's arm in half like it was a breadstick yeah so let's just listen to her and not go back to your house but he does mm-hmm. and pays the price for it because he has a brief conversation with her daughter when she panically gets back into the house and and just gets his neck snapped and then we get to see uh non-video footage kent yeah it's in, not grainy black and white now it's no, full color it's full colored rampaging clown rampaging demon. demon thing now there's a little digital effect on the face after afterwards but for the most part, it's practical. Mm-hmm. But you basically see he's he's kind of gotten taller, a little lankier. He's got that weird head protrusion now. He doesn't... He looks clown-like, but he doesn't really look like a clown. He looks he, more um, like a demon from demons. He looks like yeah. a werewolf, sort of. A half formed werewolf. Yeah, he's not hairy or anything like that, but yeah. uh, the uh the the costume that he's been wearing definitely appears more flesh like and uh he's got like a just like a really weird looking face and, and fangs and teeth and shit like that. Fangs are teeth. Uh <laughs> sorry everybody. Um and now it's about protecting your kid because the kid's in the house. Yeah. And she grabs herself a sledgehammer like fucking Peter Gabriel and just like goes crazy. Yeah, there's even a part where it's sort of like, well, if I can't have Jack, I'll have the unborn one inside your gut. Oh, yeah, I and forgot about that. I wish that would have gone a little more insane, but I guess it's insane enough um, yeah. that he almost reaches straight through her fucking stomach flesh yeah. after this fetus. Yeah. Which would have counted, I suppose, would've as counted, the final yeah. kid. But. That's sort of, I guess, his way of, like, taunting her and being like, I'm going to either eat Jack or this one right out of your stomach. Yeah. So, Yeah. It's a very vicious demon. Very sinister. Super vicious. And he's got some really good, like, um, sounds that he makes, almost like growls or snarls. Like, mm-hmm. he's a, he sounds great. His voice is good, too. A lot of times that's where I'll, like, laugh at uh, a possession or a demon or whatever creature when their voices change. And if it's not made of their voice then it's usually it makes me laugh uh if it sounds just like regan from uh the exorcist then then i laugh again because it sounds just like regan from the exorcist um sometimes when they don't give a possessed person a voice it can sound really bad to me too i don't know there was that flick uh the last exorcism and mm -hmm. i saw that 
And there was, like, listening to the dialogue, I was like, they really needed to fucking affect this actor's Do voice. something. Something. Yeah. To make I, me believe, about, believe in the other that is possessing them. Yeah, because yeah. it just is, I don't know if it was, like, the actress that I didn't really like doing the role, but I don't know. Anyway, back to this movie. Back yeah. to a movie I like. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the clown when it went feral and when it was in its final form, so to speak, and mm-hmm. the horn was protruding through its head. Its eyes were milky and yellow and animalistic. Yeah. Its fangs were out. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, takes a kitchen knife to it and fucking hacks it up pretty good, but uh, slices it across the throat, which becomes a plot point later, uh, which is interesting because when she chains him up and he's going after the kid, very, uh, very cool scenes. He's busting through furniture and and, all, and the walls and stuff like that. This kid, it's a very tense scene, actually. Yeah, and this... he tosses her again. Oh like man, a fucking sack of potatoes. She gets. There is one thing that happens to her where I was like, that seemed so fucking believable to me. Where he throws her against a cabinet and it smashes, and she makes. A screaming sound as she is going, as she's getting lifted and thrown. And the second she hits, makes impact with that, that scream cuts completely off. Yeah. Like, and I was like, that. She got winded. Like, and, and I was, and, and, and she just crunk, hits the ground, like, really hard. And I was like, that looked so fucking real. Like, that looked like. I mean, I know like it was, it was a stunt person doing stunt work and stuff like that, but it just looks so vicious. And and I was like, that sound that she made and then stopped making is exactly the sound that you would make if something lifted you up violently like that and hucked you against furniture, smashing it, and then you're just done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It yeah, is. and it, it shuts you up. I mean, oh, watching yeah. that chase scene is pretty intense, but when she gets winded like that. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty pretty intense. I like that. Yeah, um, it's where... not enough to knock her out. Thank God. Well, this is the this is the thing about being a protagonist in a horror film. <laughs> you can take damage that would be lethal to anybody else. Because I was like, you know what? If this was a normal, if this was like a, a disposable character, quote unquote, yeah, what just happened to her would have been the death. That you would have yeah. just been. Oh, they they hit the wall so hard they died. Yeah, like that's literally what it, that would have been. But I was but I was but I was like, nah, she's got more. Endurance. She can take more hits than that. Um, just as the uh, clown demon is just about to get to her son, she chains it up. She like manages to rope it, lasso it a little bit with a with a chain that's uh, one of the chains that were in the basement. Yeah, because they've already got chains handy. It's yeah. not abnormal for them to have chains because he's already requested to be chained up in the basement right? and he tries to yard on on the chain to get off but like that it's cutting to that wound in his neck and it seems like that like that's a definite weak point because it almost like takes he seems like flummoxed like he can't figure out like how to get it off his head or he can't like yeah. you know what i mean like he seems completely i think he's sort of almost got like this um mad dog sort of mentality if you've ever seen a really crazy dog and we had some friends when i was little that had some crazy huskies and my parents had a crazy husky but i love crazy huskies the crazier the better but the really crazy ones who will pull their dog hoses across the yard and stuff because they just pull and pull and pull and pull um it seemed like he was going through the 
how come I can't just pull this chain out of the wall or how come I can't just snap this chain Mm -hmm. because it was hurting his neck and that was his biggest weakness right so if he's gonna lose he doesn't he can't lose his head if he loses his head then he's dead but his brain is like if I just pull hard enough I'll snap the chain how come I'm not snapping the chain oh it's because I'm backing off every time because I might cut my head off and I don't want to do that yeah really mad dog feral animal kind of scene there and of course the carrots dangling in front of his face there's the cowering mom and the kid, like right there. Yeah, and 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 you know he's he's like a his bloodthirst is like a fevered pitch. Yeah. Well, this kind of takes the wind out of his sails. He makes one last ditch, demon tricky effort. He speaks in his the voice of the husband, and I guess pleads with her that he needs help. Um. She this entire time has been convinced. That they can fix this. There's something to be fixed. And she doesn't want to kill him. And she doesn't want to sacrifice a child, clearly. Or maybe she would if she thought about it more. But basically, her solution for now, chain him up in the basement. We'll figure something out. She says to her son, I'm trying to help your daddy. We're going to help your daddy. And the son says, that's not daddy. And then in that moment, he speaks out loud what she intuitively knows. And she decides to end it. She delivers a fatal blow with a sledgehammer. Now, it, it decapitates him because of the, the the severe wound already done to his neck. And then the, the blunt force just sort of knocked the head off. Uh, with with the exception of like uh, a bit of flesh, and then she and then when they think it's over, you get one more scare. Yay! Okay. Yeah, the villain lunge, the final villain the, lunge, the final villain lunge, dying where, breath, fucking pant leg grab. Because it's not personal enough. It's not personal enough to smash his head off. She has to like roll up her sleeves and pull it off. That's as like dirty as it gets. Which is done pretty well. I really yeah, it's enjoyed pretty it. well, and it's. It's interesting, and I know that it's not only for the the benefit of our listeners that you're explaining the death in such detail, but you sort of need to do that to believe it, because you're not going to believe that you can knock someone's head clean off with a sledgehammer. Yeah, no, like not a normal person with normal strength. No, not and you're up against a supernatural beast, and yeah. you're tired out because you've just been tossed around your house, smashing all your furniture. Yeah. Um, it is that combination of having his head one quarter of the way cut off already and he's at the straining you know edge of this chain around his neck Mm -hmm. and the sledgehammer and her mother strength mother strength yeah mama bear style that brings me to an interesting point i was like when i was watching this movie and it wasn't really the only thing that kind of deflates it is the kid's final line which is cool but it adds some layers to it when i was watching this movie i was like you know let's take how the grandfather reacts to this guy doesn't like him doesn't really want his daughter would probably be fine if they got a divorce they talk about fighting occasionally he's fucked off before also he's he's getting possessed and changed into something and sometimes he's like himself the father and and the man that she uh married but then there's other times where he's this fucking demon and she can't control him and she's in total denial because she thinks it could be fixed when it can't be fixed Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I'm getting a real vibe about like an abusive husband. 
like and 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 this is what I was thinking about. I was like, is this what this is? Is this like a whole metaphor? Because you have like chasing their own son through a house, the mother trying to defend him while he's just apeshit and not like himself. And everyone reacting like he was maybe already this guy, even though he seems on the surface completely normal. So I was like, what is it about this guy that everyone doesn't like? But if you have characters reacting to him like he is an abusive father and then doing things, specifically harming children in like these rages, you can put any kind of window dressing on that you want. He's possessed by a, a clown demon. Uh, that is that is making him hunger for children, and then he's going to kill them because that's what the demon does. But that if, I was like, take it out, take that element out, and what story do you have left? You just have a story about like a guy who is going to kill his family. Yes, yeah, a cycle of abuse too that she's trapped in that no one can seem to convince her out of, and even her son, numerous times could have and should have, but it's not till the end that she listens to anyone and it happens to be her son. Yeah. Now there's um, that one scene where he returns home and he comes in in a flurry with the book and the explanation and the fear and it's his wife and the grandfather and what we take to be like a brother and wife uh, sitting there. And why were they sitting there? Why were they all sitting there expectantly? Yeah. It looks like one of two things. It looks like either the announcement that she's pregnant, which Mm -hmm. is cute, and that's what the optimist would like to believe. Mm-hmm. But then you can look at it another way, and the concern looks on all their faces. Yeah, well, like, like almost like here we go again, or that, or it was an intervention. An intervention, yeah. And they were going to try and because the grandfather seems to be angling for this to have him out of the picture. Well, he and he says, "Get your hands off her." Yeah, because he's like almost like this has happened before. Yeah, um, I guess it would be a really interesting metaphor especially from the point of the viewer where we're sitting here going why don't they like him what's wrong with him i think he's a nice guy he's great which would be the rose tinted glasses people around somebody like that who's facing somebody who's in in an abusive relationship and 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 you apologize for him because well it's not his fault he didn't he was trying to be a good dad and put on this costume and entertain his children his kid and all and all his friends and then all like somehow it just like you know, and now he's taken over by this this evil thing, and he can't help himself. It's not werewolf his... stories are often uh, used in the same way, mm-hmm. and normally in a more of a sexual predator sort yeah. of way. Yeah, uh, there's no sexuality in this film at all, yeah. which is good. It's refreshing, I think, for horror to have things like not rampant sexuality and nah, have it's, it's, people that eat children. It's very, it's very, it's very family or as funny as that sounds. Very family oriented. It's, it's a very family oriented because it's about. It's it's about this possession destroying a family unit. Yeah. And and the only thing that in a very direct way too. Yeah. Not like a little gradual breakdown. Yeah. Say like um, yeah. The Exorcist again. But it was just constantly his his bouts of normalcy. His the the way that like people who didn't really know what were going on were reacting to him anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of the fact that. She was constantly like, I can fix this. I'll fix this. This can be fixed. And and the the experts saying it cannot be fixed. Yeah. Like she's dealing with an alcoholic that refuses treatment. Exactly. Yeah. That was the vibe that I was getting off. And the only reason why the, the, the kid's line, I was like, oh, it kind of deflates it for me, was just because the I'm not daddy thing makes it more about, it puts the demon possession more on front street, in my opinion. Because you're literally saying that, well, this isn't our, this isn't my father. 
This is a demon that has possessed my father. It's the same argument with like zombie flicks. It's like you're not killing your friend, you're killing the thing that killed them or vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um and and so like you put the the thing you put the the he was already dead aspect into it and it takes him out. The father like character and that human morality it. too. Yeah, yeah. So, so she doesn't I, have a debate anymore. Yeah. So, so I was like, well, okay. Now the metaphor stands. You can still look at this movie as a big metaphor for just an abusive father, an alcoholic father, somebody who is possessed by the metaphorical demon. Uh, or you could just be like, nah, it's just a, it's it's a demon. It works both ways, is what I'm saying. There was uh, I don't I haven't read reviews about this. I don't normally read reviews really in depth. Um, but I was skimming stuff, um, looking for the budget, the $20 million budget, if you can believe that. 20 million bucks? 20 million bucks. Really? Uh, that was the estimated budget. So I don't know exactly what it was because I couldn't find an actual oh, wow. figure. Um, but you yeah. Know, th- you know what? Well, I was... I'm not, not to say like, what did they spend $20 million? There was a lot of digital effects. Well, a lot. There was enough digital effects. They looked good. It was a that's well half, shot. That's half their budget. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it was a well shot movie. Uh, yeah. 20 million? I mean... Oh, just in lighting and releases alone, because they saw, shot in a lot of public places. Yeah. A lot of public places where they have to have a really hefty crew. And speaking of crew, there was uh, Kevin Priest, known as Zombie King here in Ottawa. Yes. As, and, like, across North America, because he travels a lot with, like, Gen Con and a lot of conventions and stuff uh, mm-hmm. with Zombie Info. Yeah, Zombie Info. Zombie Info.com. He was one of the head interns in Ottawa at that shoot. And they have him listed elsewhere as doing medical as well. But, uh, yeah, he was an intern on this. Kind of cool. Another Ottawa connection. If you didn't already need more Ottawa connections. Um, <laughs> so I like doing this show, man. Yeah, but there must have been, like, massive amounts of crew. And the lighting is, is spot on. The sound is spot on. So yeah. you not only need talented crew, you need a lot of equipment for yeah. all of that. Once you're, once you're talking about, like... Like equipment and actors and the the digital effects and stuff like that. Yeah, twenty yeah. million. I would have. You had guessed around five million. I was so. thinking five or a like a heftier budget, ten. Yeah, but like and, five and, and a lot of favors. <laughs> five and a lot of favors. I was like maybe ten. Yeah, be safer. Yeah, but I was like twenty million bucks. Eh? All right, you know what? I, like I I think it was it looks great. Mm-hmm. So. Great, twenty million dollars. It just makes me wish it was more successful now. Yeah, no, like, me because, too. Because because I would like them to get that cost. Who back. knows how? So, like it's done a bit of um, the festival circuit. It was yeah. at TIFF, I guess, two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't heard anything about it since. And I don't know how successful it was in Italy after the poster being banned and stuff like that. I don't know what kind of theatrical release it had there. I don't know how big it's done in the UK or if it was strictly basically a direct to video. Over there, I don't know if it hit theaters at all. Um, Germany, no idea. But I don't, so I don't know what the return is on that. But it's a Canadian American film with names attached to it that we know and already like Peter Stormare and Eli Roth. Take that for what you will, because um, there are people that will go out specifically because they hate him. Now, it's it could recoup. Yeah, it's definitely marketable, and I think it's a great motherfucking movie. I agree. Um, I think it's one of uh it's probably one of the most well done scripts in a horror movie i've seen coming out of the last definitely the last few years it's so tight it's a very solid script is it the americans not liking the whole violence towards children and babies and stuff like uh, they had the takeshi miki 
short banned because of a fucking fetus abortion in a river or whatever? Is that what it is? It could be any. It could be a myriad of things. Honestly, I'm just still sore about imprint. Obviously, <laughs> I just think that when it comes to people getting their movies out, sometimes you got to play the ball where it lays. It seems like this John Watts guy uh, put everything into this flick and made a really solid movie. Somebody saw it because he's on to to his career is go, is going Definitely. in the right somebody direction. Somebody on the festival circuit because all yeah. of this stuff started so ages ago. In, in right? that way, it's not a waste. But I think for horror fans who haven't seen this movie, uh, if you if you saw Eli's Roth's name and you're like, I don't want to watch this, fuck off. Go watch this movie um, and get your hands on it. Make a stink. Tell them to fucking get. I want. I want region one of this. I want to see this on Netflix at the very least. Netflix, yeah, That'd stream be cool. it. If you're going to be assholes about it, put it on Netflix. Uh, that or you can order it from the UK if yeah. you're crafty and have a region for your player or whatever. It's not that expensive, really. It re- well, for me, it wasn't that expensive. I don't know if it's cheaper to send to a colony, <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't like ridiculously expensive. Which also leads me to believe that it's not seeing the sort of returns because it's not twenty dollars. Or 20 pounds. Yeah. Something like six pounds. So it's inexpensive. Yeah, it's a cheapie. Yeah, it's inexpensive to buy. Oh, well. Lucky for us. And also, it leads me to believe, is it doesn't is it not as popular among horror fans because it doesn't deliver the sort of blockbuster horror that people want since, say, Cabin in the Woods? Nah. Or something like that. This, this, nah, nah. This has, a, I'm pointing to the computer, like it's not where we even watch the movie. Um... <laughs> This movie has the production value, the fanfare. It's got the it's got the the thrills, chills, and spills. This it hits all those there, little horror buttons. There, there's no fucking reason why this couldn't have had a widespread release. But fucking put it out on Halloween. I swear to God, they would have made their fucking money back in, so in a weekend. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Thank no, you. like there's no, there, that's like, the whole like, point of this show, especially on my birthday. It's <laughs> to prove that I am not crazy. Uh, what what time are we at? One fifty nine. Wow. <laughs> Goodbye. Wes isn't gonna get a lot of sleep next week. Mm. <laughs> um. I'll pre-edit. No, it's fine. Don't do it. There's not a lot of like we haven't had to deal with the cat or anything either. That's all solid us, man. Dude, well, I had a lot to say. It's a good flick. That's what happens when we like a movie, right? Like, and I want to praise this movie's script. I can't. I cannot praise the writing in this movie enough. Yeah, but I, I really enjoy the script. The script is kind of airtight. You know, it's everything you want. And yeah. it, there's not a lot of loose ends. Yeah. Every bit of dialogue works. Every single scene ties into yeah. the end. Maybe some things seem like a little bit too much of a coincidence, but I think that might even be my hang-up and not... Yeah, for me, it's that Chuck E. Cheese. They, in my mind, it could have gone anywhere. You explain it away with, you know, this is an insular little world. Okay, okay, I'll buy it. And I also buy it because I'm not looking for things to nitpick in this because I yeah. enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, I, let me tell you, uh, by the time I realized, I didn't know what this fucking movie was about at all. No, you, and you, I'm really glad you remained going in blind. I didn't know. I've, I've, I've been beaking off about it for about two months. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you got you to watch Clown. You got to watch Clown. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll fucking watch Clown. I didn't, I had no, I was like, I didn't know if this was like a fucking like a John Wayne Gacy thing. I didn't, I didn't know. I had no idea. It was like, a demon possession thing. I had no fucking idea. I was just like clown, whatever. Like I, I assumed it was just like a scary clown. Scary clown. All right. Yeah. What is he? 
Like, I didn't. I wasn't even thinking, like, it. I was even if, if you would have skimmed through any, you might have got the wrong idea, too, because there was, like, lots of people that didn't like this film, and there's, it has a decent rating on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, but it was when I was skimming through, and I had stumbled, or skimming through looking for the budget information, uh, I'd stumbled upon, a like, a line out of this review where somebody had chalked it up to this um, guy using, or this guy who ends up being... De- possessed by a demon then can act out on his pedophilic urges and i'm like what because at that point i'd seen the movie two or three times so i'm just like that's what the fuck what movie did you watch there's not a trace of pedophilia or is this your pedophilic urges coming out in your review you weirdo like i don't know who wrote it or what but it was like that is nothing led me to believe that maybe they didn't watch the film i didn't read the review or anything at all because i didn't want to after that so i'm glad that you didn't I didn't. I didn't know anything about it. I've seen uh, stories before where you put on a costume and you become the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I've, but I don't think I've seen it done this well. And I don't think that I've seen it like the. It's a slow burn. They don't do it right away. It, it takes a while to figure out what's happening, and it. It's just a great fucking movie. Like uh, see it. That's, that's all I gotta say. Yeah. And don't let the word slow burn trick you. It's not slow burn like, let's say, goodnight mommy. No, no, sorry. Like, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. mean to misspeak and make you think that you're gonna be sitting for a while. There's a lot of fucking shit going on. What I mean to say is it's not like he put on the costume and then he's a fucking monster. Yeah, and they don't just take a whole bunch of exposition dump at the very beginning to yeah. sell you on the idea of this clown demon. Nah. It's a nice, you're, you're, you're sort of like fed bit by bit, you know? Little 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 children. Your little three course meal of delicious little ribs and <laughs> spleen and a lung. What do we got next week for him? Next week is Saint or Saint. Yes. Yeah. We're doing our Christmas episode and it'll be out Christmas. We're gonna record it on my birthday. Yeah. Which is fun. Maybe I'll have a clown. Not this clown. I'll dress you up as a clown. I don't want that. Why not? Well, because I don't know if I'm man enough to cut my head off. And I don't want to eat children either. Clown outfit and five kids. If you show up and see that, you know what's happening. <laughs> My birthday. <laughs> and on that note, I'm Les Knight. And I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air. <laughs>